0: Welcome back to In the Booth. I'm Sean Booth, and thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you're listening from, maybe you're listening from Sacramento, California. Maybe you are up in Agawam, Massachusetts, or maybe you are in Lebanon, Tennessee. Wherever you are, we appreciate your support. We love you guys. You can watch all these episodes on YouTube. So head over there to our page. We got a TikTok page, and most importantly, we've got a couple guests in the studio today. It's going to be a fun day here in Nashville, Tennessee. We've got the cat back in the building. She's sitting on the love seat today. And, folks, she is wearing her pajamas, she just said. <laughs> yeah. She's got a sweatshirt that says Aloha. She's a big Hawaiian now. Uh, some black spandex. What does it say? It's got the islands yeah, on the sleeve. part. We've got a couple necklaces.
1: Yeah, it's actually one, but yeah.
0: One, that's one chain?
1: That is. It's connected, baby.
0: Connected. And we've got some, what, snake shoes.
1: Snake shoes.
0: Snake shoes. Snake shoes. We got PJ Cat in the building today, everybody. Give it up. (laughs) And to my left today, very excited for this conversation. She is a dating coach, and she just came out with a book. It's actually coming out this Valentine's Day, all right? She's a matchmaker, a dating coach, and a book for all you ladies out there on how to find true love. She is Talia Wiemetz. (laughs) Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So you help people find love.
2: I do. I do that full time.
0: How'd you get into that?
2: You know, I think it was a natural knack that just kinda happened. I was setting people up for free all the time. And my mentor goes, You know, you could get paid to do this and turn it into a profession. I said, get out of town. She's like, No, seriously. So I worked for the largest agency for a couple of years, learned the ropes, and then said, No, I can I can handle this. So I went to the big leagues, moved to New York, started my own company, and now been in it for about, had my own company for four years.
0: Okay. That's mm-hmm. impressive. So then I got to ask your love life. Got to be a piece of cake,
2: Walk right? Walk in the park, honey. Yeah. Yes. So fun. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, your book coming out this Valentine's day. And like I said, it's for the women. It is. What can they expect?
2: So here's the thing with matchmaking, I only work with men. So I hear every ick they have. I hear their desires, what they want, What are the things that women do that stand out to them? And I said to myself, well, hold on. I have all this data and I have 10 years worth of data. I might as well create a book and share it with the world. So ladies, you are in for a real treat because I reveal everything in the book.
0: All right. Is there any way we can get a uh, copy over across (laughs) the way here to Samcat?
1: Yes, I'd love that. (laughs) Thank you so much for including me in this conversation. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm open-minded. I'm still accepting any and all feedback to an extent. I think that my perspective on love in general and partnership has definitely evolved as I've gotten older, I think, as it should, as someone who's still single and a very busy working professional. And I think the biggest asterisk in my life right now is that I'm in Nashville. And I don't want to shit on Nashville because I do love it, but it's hard here. And I'm not saying that it's – I've never dated in New York and L.A. and all of the places that are other, quote-unquote, big cities. Um, But, you know, I have been here for an extended period of time now. And I see a lot of the same behaviors that are uninteresting to me. So I kind of go on like a roller coaster ride of like, I'm really going to be open-minded. I'm going to try and I'm going to put my best foot forward into then also just becoming like a recluse. And I'm just like, I will die alone and that's okay.
2: You know, I love that you say that because you just said, I want to put my best foot forward. And then you went, you shifted from negative to positive, And that positivity is what's going to get you to the right guy. Because what they have found with the law of attraction is when, when women say, oh, all men are dogs, all men are cheaters, that energy you put out, it comes right back. So you actually do attract cheaters, liars, all the things. So I tell my clients, I'm like, start saying only great guys exist. Only the best is out there in this city. I love dating in the city. And I swear to God, your entire world will change. The law of attraction.
0: That's right. Say it three times right now, Sam Cat. Nashville no, has the best guys in the world.
1: I want to believe you. <laughs> I really really do. I love love and yes. I I I I love that I lo- I'm sure. But yeah. I I also am a realist. And I I'm living it. And that's the thing is that like yes, I truly believe in the law of attraction. I mm. think that works even outside of just romantic situations. As someone who's competitive, and I'm willing to put in the work and I'm willing to maybe do the things that uh, other people aren't willing to do, Um, that works in every part of life except for love. I wanted to buy a house by the time I was 30. I did it. I wanted to work in the music industry. I did it. Those things are all kind of like a checklist of things that I need to do. You want to lose weight because you want to be in this competition. You can do that. Like it's so much more methodical in it and then the only thing I feel like I have not been successful in applying that to is romance, is love. You can, I feel like I have been positive. I am always fucking positive until I'm not. But like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I have yeah. a bubbly personality. What's the percentage and, of
0: that positivity over just, there? it's just,
1: but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't think all men are dogs. Well, I don't think all men are liars and cheaters. And I'm not like, I don't need no man. I hate that narrative.
2: Well, I hear you saying that you're really good at manifesting because you got your first house by the time you were 30. You got into the music industry and you wanted to. So I think you have already uncovered the manifestation piece. So if you bring that manifestation into attracting your dream guy, it's a done deal.
0: So Sam Cat, you're over there talking about hard work. It sounds like hard work to get a house. You worked hard to get the job you wanted, worked hard in gymnastics. Now, Talia, is that something where you think finding the right person, relationship, love your life is hard work? Or is it more of just by chance, like your path and your life led you to this person's path?
2: I think it's all a dance. And by the way, great question, because it's a dance between this is the right timing. It's an alignment for you, but it's also putting in the work, right? So the girl that's sitting at home on the couch never goes out, not even on dating apps, It's not going to happen by chance, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a dance of, I'm going to expose myself, put myself out there. I'm also going to have a positive mindset, but I'm also going to let the universe, God, whatever, let it happen on its own.
0: Okay. So it's a dance. Sam Cat's a pretty good dancer.
1: (laughs) I am actually a great dancer. Thank you for noticing that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying because I do think that it is, I mean, not to steal your word, but it is a dance because I think that- you know, not that I've been married, but a lot of my everyone that I know is married and having children and moving along in their own lives. And it was kind of a combination of both of what you're saying. I've had some friends that have every d- dating app there is and have gone on a hundred dates this year. And then I have other friends that just like fell in love with the first guy they met in chemistry class in college. And it's just kind of like, you can't tell me that one is more correct than the other. I think it's like an individual. Experience obviously to everyone, mm-hmm. but what if you feel like you're doing those things? I am. I mean, listen, I don't mess around with all of the dating apps, but I have been on hinge. I've gone on a couple successful dates from there. Um, and then a lot of not successful dates from there. But I also I do put myself out there. I don't sit on my couch every night. I'm actually mm-hmm. a busybody. So then what are the things that could be altered if I am already doing those things?
2: So here's the thing. We have to remember manifesting a job is so different than manifesting a partner because there's one more person to this equation. So what if your divine life partner is not ready for you yet? Like, What if he's in a relationship right now and he's figuring out that this girl is not for him? So he has to get out of this situation heal from it. And then he can come into your life and then you guys can be together. So that's why I say it's such a dance because you're also counting on another person to be at that right place at the right time in the right headspace and single. So that's why you just have to be a little patient with it. I am
1: 33 years old. (laughs) I feel like I, this is the most patient I've ever been in my life, but you know what? I appreciate it. Like I said, at the beginning of this, I, it's, I'm not like closed off to any ideas. And I think that there isn't one right way to do it. And so maybe you do have a perspective that I have not thought about. It just, it feels defeating. I don't know. Like I don't have any negative, God, I'm eating my hair today. I don't have any negative feelings about love or finding, like you said, the divine partner. I love that word, by the way. Um, I I just feel defeated. Like I repeatedly find myself getting let down. So I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? Mm -hmm. Almost like that kind of question. It's like, maybe this just isn't for me.
2: But it is, but it is. And the second we go down that road path of maybe this isn't for me and we get that dark, that's when we start pushing it away. And then we create these things called love blocks. And we don't want to do that because when we create these love blocks, he's not coming for you anymore. So we want to, and here's the thing, sometimes we have to take a pause, step away from trying to look for it and just say, I'm ready I'm letting it come to me. I'm I'm ready. I'm letting
1: it come to me. Yes.
0: Yeah. What about the old saying, like, you can't be looking for it and then it will come to you?
2: I think I love it because as long as you're doing your part, right, Right. you're healed from whatever past relationship you had. You're also on one or two dating app. You're also aware of your surroundings when you go to the coffee shop or when you're out with your girl. As long as you're doing that part of it, yes, let it come to you, especially since you're a woman. I mean, men are the hunters by nature. So
1: let it come to you. Okay. Oh. I Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to go with this men by the hunters thing. Sean, listen, I was, I you already have there. a baby at home <laughs> waiting for you. I need to have more questions. Um, <laughs> okay. I I I know that you said that you work with like high caliber men and that is you only work on the men's side. So hold on. But I, I coach women too. I'm sorry? So I coach women and men separate business
2: and I oh. have a matchmaking biz.
1: Okay. I misunderstood that. I apologize. Yes. No, no worries. Okay, well, since you said that you're going to spill all the tea in your book, and maybe I do have to wait for this, but I would just like a little snippet here. Um, I have found, this has been like a more recently that I've entered my 30s. And there are, you know, half the population looks at you like you have three heads, like, oh my God, you're 33 and single. What's wrong with you? And then the other half is like, yes, queen, live your life. What I have noticed or heard from maybe family members or I would use the term friends loosely, but people that I know that know me, obviously I have a bold personality. If you read any comments about this podcast, I am either the greatest thing on earth or the most annoying, annoying person they've ever met. And I'm both. And I wear that proudly. There have been repeated situations where people have mentioned to me, they're like, well, you put off this vibe, like you're so independent. That's so intimidating for a man to come into because You've developed this whole life on your own and all this stuff. And I have two parts to this question. Number one, is that actually a thing? And number two is, what the fuck did they expect me to do? Because what else was I supposed to do? Not buy a house, not get the job, not travel the world, not live my life. Like, What was the other option to that that would make me, quote unquote, more appealing to someone?
2: You will love this book. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what I tell you, you will love it because it will resonate in so many ways. Because you and I are very similar, by the way. I'm a boss. I've bought everything on my own, built an empire on my own. So I have this like, I call it the hard girl era and then the soft girl era. And in the book in chapter two, I talk about tapping back into your divine, your divine feminine energy, your goddess energy. Men love the soft girl. And you just, it's a dance. You have to figure out a way of, okay, I'm in my feminine right now because I'm not at work. And so I'm going to dial that back in and it will naturally guys will just come to you because they love the feminine energy. And I, I, I understand everything you're saying because I've been there. I really have. So you just have to learn how to dial it back. And in the book, I reveal all my tips on how I crank up the soft girl and then how I go back into
1: boss during the day. As a,
0: as a guy here.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot you're here. What's up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd like to say that I find that attractive a female who has their shit together, who has a house, who is independent. Like, I feel like that's an attractive trait. Um, But I guess there is kind of this dance where you want to see a little bit softer as well. But also, you don't want to be somebody who's a complete pushover and just like, yes, sir, I'll do whatever you want. I think that is Is the ultimate goal. You think that?
1: No, 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 no. What she was saying about like, the thing I crave more than ever now at this age is a partner that allows me to be the feminine version of myself. Mm -hmm. My job is, I mean, I don't want to say it's masculine, but it's like, I think about everyone else all the time, every day of every minute of every second I'm on the road. And I love that. I love being the provider and like the troubleshooter and all of those things. But I would love nothing more than for me to come home and someone to take care of me. And I feel like that's a very feminine thing to lean into. I just Have not found the balance of that because I don't know. I don't know if it's something that I'm putting out there, but the amount of men that I've met that at first seem like what Sean is saying I love that you're doing this. I love that you have this together. This is so attractive that you can do that. And then somehow it turns into this like, well, you're always busy and I'm always the last thing. And like, okay, but you said that you liked that I traveled for work and that I had this going for me. And now all of a sudden that's a fault. And then it's all of a sudden like, well you're not taking care of me and I'm like, well I'm not your mom. That like mommy issue vibe comes out. Like I find I people are like what's your type and I'm like, unfortunately, whatever I just described, I find myself accidentally falling into Not I wouldn't say a lot, but like more than I would like. And I don't know how to like maybe suss that out earlier where I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. This is a wrong vibe until I'm like, you know, 3 months in, so it's like not new, but it's not old. And I'm just like, wait, what am I doing? Mm. 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 There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, I feel like we just need to have a therapy session right now. Oh, I don't know if it's
1: two. therapy, but sh- if she has all the tips and tricks and she's <laughs> seen the other side. I've seen the other side and I've
2: also seen your side too. Sure. And so, well, here's one thing we both know, right? Mm-hmm. If we keep doing the same thing, we're going to keep getting the same result. Right. So whatever you're doing, you're attracting the same kind of guy and it's not working because it's not what you want, right? You're calling in that masculine man, right? Someone's mm-hmm. going to take care of you. Somebody's going to let you be in your soft girl era. So I think reading the book, it's a good start. And I think the second thing too is just also recognizing that those weren't your people. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't meant for you. And they came into your life to show you these are my dislikes and these are my preferences and I don't want this kind of guy.
0: So obviously, there's so many different types of guys, so many different types of ladies and wants and needs. Could you maybe provide us with, let's say, three of the top things that guys look for when they come to you? When they're like, hey, Talia, I'm really looking for a woman. I'm so lonely. I want to find love. Here's what I need to have in a partner. What do you hear more than anything else from a guy?
2: The most, the thing that is so consistent is that guys always come to me and they say, she has to have passion and purpose. He goes, I don't care necessarily what she does for work. Right. As long as she has passion and purpose, she needs to wake up every day and have a purpose because I don't want her to live in my shadows. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I love that. He's like, mm-hmm. she can be the yoga instructor or she can be the next CEO of Facebook. I don't care as long as there's passion and purpose. Okay. So that was the biggest thing. Another thing is to be respected. Men love to feel like they are being respected and they're not emasculated. So I think that's a big one too. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's you want to have. Does that somebody, resonate? Um, yeah, I mean, I think respect is definitely a big thing, and for sure, you want to be with somebody who's passionate about whatever it is when they wake up in the morning and have a, a purpose.
1: I agree with both of those things, but from a female perspective as well, because yeah. I also I don't care what my partner does for work so long as they are passionate about it or they have a job that pays the bills and they have some sort of passion outside of that that also works for me it's just something that it's like drive and and commitment to a vision or whatever word you want to use is so attractive because i feel like when you're trying to find a partner you're trying to almost predict your future in a weird way And it's like, if you have the tools in order to be able to build together, all I'm really looking for is a teammate. I have no idea what direction we're going to go, but I'd like to know that you are down for the ride. And it's like, I, again, like the masculine and feminine, that's what I'm attracted to. I am not looking for someone to necessarily, I quit my job and I'm your well-kept woman. Some days that sounds nice. I'm not going to lie. But I do want to have, like, I. my parents are still married after 30 plus, I don't, how old am I? Thirty. They're 35 years in now. And it's like, I see them work as a team. That's really all I want. It doesn't have to be anything specific where to kind of like, I don't want to rip on other people, but I do see a lot of women, <clears throat> especially when I was younger, they're like, you have to be six foot and play for the Packers and this and this. And I'm like, all of those things don't matter when it really comes down to like in 20 years from now, what if I have breast cancer? Does it really matter if he played for the Packers or if he's six foot? No, it matters the tools that he had when I was dating him. So it's like a, a juggle of finding those things that I don't know. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself obviously, but it's just like, I think that I am way more mindful now, um, and what is almost like an intangible that someone brings to the table. Right. And I guess it's refreshing to hear that men are saying that on the other side. For sure. But where are they?
0: <laughs> Do you find uh, cities being different as far as the dating pool? Because she and a lot of females in Nashville say dating here is impossible because it's there's a lot of attractive young females and like you were saying on a podcast, it's always like the next batch comes in of the young 20 something year olds and it's a party city and guys are always out. And a lot of guys don't want to settle down here. And she calls it Never Neverlands. How do you feel about that in Miami and New York City and all those bigger cities?
2: So every city has its own set of challenges. That's Mm. what I've learned. Dating in every city has something unique about it. Now, on the flip side, wouldn't you rather date in Nashville, Atlanta, New York, LA than like The middle, I don't know, Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, you just have more to work with and you have transplants from different places. So you have different, you just have more to pick from. And so I think dating in a big city is awesome. I think it can be fun and exciting. And it's really about changing that mindset because the second you go down that mindset of, oh, dating in the city is so hard, it's miserable. They're always going after the 20 something year olds. That's what you're going to continue to meet is guys. Chasing the 22 year olds. Right. Because you're putting that energy out there. Every thought counts. Yeah. You're a
0: big energy girl.
2: I am. I'm so big on energy and it works. Yeah. I mean, I've manifested everything I've ever gotten. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like the big city, small city thing is also like a blessing and a curse. Like maybe, you know, there's obviously a lot of people who date their hometown significant other and grow up and have an amazing life. And Mm -hmm. then you move to a city where it's almost overkill and you're always looking for what's next. So.
2: Yes, but also in a big city, you have more options on where to go to meet this guy.
0: Yeah, that's true. So
2: if you know your think about think about the kind of partner you want, right? Is he an athlete or is he a big steak guy? You know, go to a steakhouse and sit at the bar. You can I tried this by the way in London. And this is in the book. The story's in the book. It's called The Notting Hill Story. And I was we went to this place. It was like a speakeasy. I don't want to give it all away, but okay. I showed all my girlfriends exactly how to pick up guys. And if you just insert yourself in a situation where you're not making the first move, but you just opened the door and they were able to walk through it.
0: Let's let's do a little scenario right now. Okay. All right. How to pick up guys.
2: How to pick up guys. Okay.
0: All right. You walk into a bar, you're here in Nashville, Tennessee. You walk into Honky Tonk Central. You're like, ooh, I like that guy over there. How do you play it out from there?
2: So if he, let's just say he's sitting at the bar. Yeah. I am going to go to the bar. I'm going to become best friends with a bartender and I'm going to tell the bartender this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to get that guy's attention. Can you just play? Can we have this dance where if I need your help, you can escape me from the conversation? He's like, I got you. And by the way, bartenders love to help. They are, this is making their night alive. Yeah. Okay. They're bored. So you want to just give him the eye contact. Look at him. Turn, make sure that you're not moving your entire body language facing him because then that's giving, I'm fully into you and you don't want to do that either. So just ask him like, oh, what'd you get for a drink? I'm still thinking about what I want to get. And he's like, oh, I got this whiskey, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, you know what? Here, this one's on me. And then you have a conversation going because you opened the door. That's all men need because they're so scared to come up to us and say something first because they're afraid of rejection. So it really comes down to you just open the door, make that first move, and then let them walk through it.
0: Yeah, I feel like men are pretty simple.
2: Pretty simple. (laughs) Like
0: pretty easy.
1: I agree. A hundred percent, I agree with that.
0: So now in that situation though, wouldn't you want that guy to come up to you and say something? Would you be more attracted to him? If no, he made the first move, doesn't matter for you? Because I know a lot no. of females too are just like, I want the guy to make the first move.
2: Oh my goodness. No. If, you, if you're if you really old fashioned, then you would yeah. look back in the Victorian era when women would drop the handkerchief and when they would like a guy and they saw something they liked, they would drop their handkerchief and he would pick it up and go, honey, you dropped something. She's like, oh, but did I? Yeah. And it's like, it's actually never changed. Women always made the first move. We just had to open the door and let the guy walk through it.
0: Piece of cake. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we just have to drop the handkerchief in modern
1: time dating. I feel like dropping the handkerchief in modern time dating is eye contact.
0: Yeah.
2: For sure.
1: I mean, you eye make contact eye contact, like,
0: you know, everybody like, knows if you're at a bar, you're at a restaurant, you make eye contact with somebody you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is sure. happening.
2: Wait, so according to statistics, it takes up to five times for a guy to realize that the eye look is for him. Really? So, ladies, if you're listening to this, just remember that the first two <laughs> glances, he might he might think you're looking at the guy behind him. He might think that you're looking at someone else, but up to five times, he knows it's you. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to look at you five times for you to notice. Yes. Give him the little look. Is that similar? If it
0: takes a guy five times, you might not want to be with that guy. It might be a little slow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just already preemptively thinking, so I'm going to have to ask you five times to put your clothes in the laundry bin instead of in front of them as well. Like how long does this go on into the relationship?
2: But you would be surprised. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't want to overshare this I mean whatever. This was like 8 yeah. years ago. Overshare
0: everything. Overshare everything. Yeah. So
2: 8 years ago, I was at the Henley Regatta in England and I saw this guy and he was like my dream guy, okay? And I gave him the look. And he goes, "Me?" And I go, "Yeah, you." And he goes, "Or him." And he pointed at his best friend and I go, "No, you." And he goes, "Okay." So he came down and because we were watching the rowing race, And we ended up having, we ended up dating. We ended up having the best relationship. It was so harmonious. And it's just so funny how he's like, had you not opened that door and just look at me, I would have never, he was like, you were so intimidating. I would have never. And I said, see, you just to drop the handkerchief. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like a lot of guys are intimidated by girls and afraid of getting rejected. For sure. But I also on that note, I have a theory. I think that, Females do not handle rejection as well as guys do.
2: What makes you say that?
0: I think that guys are probably used to it. I think guys grow up like putting women on pedestals. They know like, I'm going to shoot my shot with her, shoot my shot with her. And it's like, I feel like a girl can usually get any guy she really wants if she knows what she's doing Mm -hmm. to an extent, right? But once she can't, I feel like they take that rejection a little bit harder.
2: I think it depends on how much work she's done on herself. Yeah. I think if she's done therapy, she's had a life coach, then she can take that rejection and turn it into a positive way. Like rejection is God's protection. Yeah. Easy. But someone who's done zero work on herself, I could see that.
0: But I feel like guys are like, all right, on to the next one, and girls are like,
2: not Wait a all guys. So I mean, I think about who I've worked with, and some of them, it takes a beating on them for a second.
0: Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that theory, Sam Cat?
1: I'm um, no, I, I. I don't think you're wrong, Booth. I really do. I I am just like racking my brain of my own personal memories and those girls that also maybe don't take rejection well themselves. I have seen a pattern of behavior where they are also horrendous to boys. Yeah. Who, mm. men? Excuse me. That come up to them and they're like, ah, no, right? I will never. Be that woman. Right. You could look like an ingrown toenail and have yeah. absolutely nothing going for you. And I will still be nice to you. <laughs> yeah. Because I know it takes balls for you to come up and talk to me. And it's just like a level of human decency. Exactly. Mm. Or my interpretation of that. But I've seen the girls that you're talking about. Um, it's ironic that I think it's not a Venn diagram. It's just a complete circle of the girls who are bad at rejection, getting rejected and are also heinous when they are rejecting someone. Right. And it's
0: the same girl. It's
1: so icky. But that girl's like married with three kids right now and selling me Monet online.
0: Yeah, but probably still mad about the guy that maybe that rejected her.
1: I mean maybe, but it's just it worked somewhere along the line, right? Or did it. Because when she lays it. her head down at night, she's yeah. thinking about Sean Booth turned her down at Honky Tonk Central in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> what up? <laughs> What yeah. about you, Sean? Are you good with rejection? What's going on? I mean, I feel like you're notorious for dating. That's how we met you.
0: Yeah, for um, sure. But no, I, I think that... Um, what do you mean? Am I good with rejection?
1: Are you good... Like, okay, when you were out on the prowl... Yeah. And you are at, you know, you're Well, I say that motherland.
0: because we're like... I've dated females who, you know, I've been very open and honest with them about what kind of to expect in a relationship or what the relationship was... And anytime it ended or any type of like, you know, me pulling back or it's like they wanted to take my entire life away and and burn me at the stake for rejection. That's how I felt.
2: They have not worked on themselves.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause I also feel, I feel like, and back to my point, I think a lot of attractive females, they think that they can get any guy they want, but when they can't.
2: Oh, I think you're talking about hot girl syndrome.
0: Yes, hot girl that's syndrome. Yeah.
2: Is. Yeah. Care that's to tough. elaborate? Hot girl syndrome. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of so it's just when someone is so physically attractive and that's all they have going for them and so if if that's what if how people pour into their value system is according to their looks, how hot they are, then the second that it's not being validated, mm-hmm. there's a reaction piece, right? So that's why I call it the hot girl syndrome. Yeah. The rejection's definitely going to hit that. If that's their full identity.
1: What if they're ugly? I'm just kidding. <laughs> then <laughs> they don't that's have the hot ugly girl, girl syndrome. syndrome. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The ugly girl syndrome. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, that, I think that's fair because I, I feel like I've seen all of these things that we're saying, like in real time, I can like even remember where we were and who was doing it. I have really also, I, I think like when you're younger and when you're in college, you're fresh out of college or whatever, you just like have whatever group of friends that you kind of like ran into. And now, especially with social media. I've seen people that I went to college with that like, yeah, I mean, I kind of check in on their life, but we're, we're not necessarily friends. And sometimes I see them postings and I'm like, oh my God, you're still the same. Yeah. Like you have not done it. You're still suffering from hot girl syndrome. And it's not cute. I feel, well, it's never cute, but like, it's definitely not cute when you're 35. And like, I just feel like you should be a woman by now type of thing, mm-hmm. which leads me into my next question for you. What are your opinions of, how social media has changed the dating game in general. You said that, obviously, you have extensive experience. And when you started in this industry, social media was not what it is today.
2: So true. Okay, so how has social media changed in today's dating age? Well, as far as dating goes, it's changed everything because now we suffer with paradox of choice. So now we have so many options. We can talk to someone in Italy if we want to, or someone in London or in a different city because we have Instagram, we have Snapchat. So now the paradox of choice has caused people to have a harder time making a decision and they yeah. might have the best thing in front of them, but they can't make a decision because they're like, well, then there is Betty Lou over here in Seattle. So, and you have access to it because of social media.
0: We talked about this. Remember? Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I
1: do think it is a blessing and a curse. Do you have, I mean- Right, because
0: we said like our grandparents, probably as happy as could be, and they married the first person they dated and that was all they knew. Yeah. And look at society now.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's, um, I don't know, like makes me nervous for the future too. I I, don't, I feel like if the pendulum swings completely one way, maybe it will come back eventually, but- I don't know if you have any statistics on this or if you've encountered any of this in your work, but like we're talking about dating in general, like the beginning stages of dating, I guess, like having to meet someone or make the decision to. Let's flash forward and say that we did make a decision and we went with Betty Lou. Have you seen any difference in like like cheating or stepping out and like people who are maybe they did make a decision and then it didn't work out because of whatever situation and then they come back to you for like a okay now i'm back in the matchmaking world can you help me on this behalf has that ever happened no that's never happened if it's the same
0: there's just it's just easier to cheat
1: but is it because i feel like now you can't get away with anything because everything can be traced right it's
0: easier to access i guess it's easier to attempt it it's harder to get away with it back in the day i don't know how or where you would go
1: well, I just feel like now, now there's so much more like emotional cheating because you yeah. can talk to people outside of your relationship, and which is like, yeah, I mean, you not might not meet up with them physically. But for me personally, emotional cheating is way more hurtful to me than physical act of cheating. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion.
0: Yeah. And but what do you define as emotional cheating?
1: If you are, well, I mean, I feel like I am a broken record when I say that I'm looking for a teammate. Someone to like work in through life with me. And if yeah. you choose to not necessarily go to me to work through something and you step out, whether it be to either bitch about me and what I'm doing wrong in our relationship, or I'm just feeling really lonely and you go to someone else instead of bringing that to me, it's like we were supposed to be a teammate.
0: What about like social media when you're talking about like you find that to be emotional cheating?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that. We've talked about it before, is that if you're in a relationship, your opposite-sex relationships should alter to reflect the fact that you're in a relationship with someone that you respect. I don't think that, like, all DMs are damning. Like, oh, my God, you DMed someone, so now we're broken up. Um, I don't think you need to be liking ass and titty photos. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't Would you think- want a
0: guy that's following, like, a bunch of hot girls just to follow them? No,
1: because why are you following them? Exactly. And, and also, to be fair, if I met someone— and they were following a bunch of OnlyFans girls, like, I'm not going to be someone that, like, shits on them because of their past. Like, if that was what you were doing before you met me, that's none of my business, honestly. Like, that has shaped you to be the person that you are today. It's like, from the day that we decide that we're going to try and do this together, that's more of what I'm going to be a little more critical about your, your actions, your behavior, your DMs, your ass photos. Like, those kind of things. Like, I'm not going to go back and like in 2014, you were liking all of these pictures. Like, I, that's irrelevant to me because what the hell was I doing in 2014? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just a little more secretive about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know, well, I mean, I think it's, I don't know. There's a blessing and a curse. I feel like we were saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah.
2: Right. Well, I do want to say this though. Even though social media has caused a paradox of choice, there is one good thing that has happened from it. So now for the first time, we have TikTok and Instagram and YouTube where we have experts revealing dating tips. And people for the first time are saying, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Like I should, when I think about my person, I shouldn't think about how I want six feet and above for height you know, preferences. I should think about what's his character like? Do we have anything in common beyond just like I'm attracted to you? And I think for the first time, now we have free tools that people can go on there and look and see, okay this is a better way of vetting versus I didn't really know how to vet because our parents didn't teach us those things. Mm -hmm. So on the upside, you know, of course, social media has done a lot of damaging things for relationships, but it did also provide us with some tools and references.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can you go into the process of your matchmaking business? So (laughs) you have obviously somebody comes to you and it's a male you said, Mm -hmm. right? So you work with a lot of guys. They're telling you what they're looking for. Now, do you just already have a pool of women that you know that you can pull from? Or do you start searching to get these women? How does that work?
2: So the company definitely has a database of single, awesome, qualified women. Mm. My clients typically come to me and they say, okay, I'm in a phase of life where I've built my career everything's going great, but I'm not able to share my life with someone. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that's missing. And I'm ready to start a family. And I say, okay, cool. So what are you looking for? What's your religious background? What are your political views? Because Lord knows we're not going to put a Trumpster and a Biden together. That's not going to work because the value system is the foundation. So I always make sure that I understand their political views, their religious views, how they were raised, you know, and also what are their favorite things to do on their downtime? Because if I have a guy client that's an avid skier and he's also a conservative and he comes from, you know, a, a sweet, loving family and he's looking for someone who also has those things in common, mm-hmm. then I'm going to search for exactly that in the database.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the dating shows now where you can't even see the person? and oh, they're Love just is getting, Blind? Yeah, Love is Blind. What do you think of that?
2: Oh my gosh. You know... <laughs> Two of my friends went on there for the Atlanta one for the first show. Um, I think Love is Blind is interesting mm-hmm. because it tested something that none of us really knew, right? We were like, is attraction really that powerful? Yeah. And what I think they realized is that that is the biggest piece because yeah. you that's what makes a best guy friend, right? Just a friend versus someone you want to be with is their sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. And so Love is Blind kind of showed us that even if there's a crazy great chemistry through a wall and we have all these things in common, we are, we have great harmony, right? Yeah. There might not be sexual. Right. Attraction. Yeah. So it's, I think it is important. We can't ignore attraction. Yeah. Do you,
1: do you think that I was going to like ask this and I'm glad that this just naturally segued into that, but do you think that you can grow to be attracted to a man or a woman or whoever you're into? Or do you think it's like you know when you first see them?
2: So men and women are different about this. I call it men are like light switches. It's either on or off. Either I'm attracted or I'm not. Women are like dimmers. Like, oh, he's a family guy. That's attractive. Okay, he's a little bit more attractive. Oh, he's funny. He's hilarious. More attractive. Oh, and he's successful. He's ambitious. More attractive. So women are more like dimmers. Men are on and off switches. Either I'm attracted to you and I could have sex with you or I'm out. Like, Do men have icks?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they have of course. Icks. Okay, but first of all, Booth, you didn't even know what an ick was until like six months ago, so don't even give me that attitude <laughs> right the, now. I
0: hate the word ick. Um, I know, but that's But, my that is, is, but is that's the word what ic. it
1: is, though, because it's not a turnoff, it's an ick. A turnoff has some sort of substantial reason as to why you're not attracted to them. An ick is because, like, I have an ick right now because Andrew is chomping at the computer and I can hear him he while I'm trying to talk to you. And he's wearing... <laughs> soundproof headphones right now, and I hope he sees this in editing. Anyways, I digress. I'm just really distracted by that. But kind of like the, okay, light switch, dimmer. I think that maybe I'm a man then. But I agree with you because, I mean, someone cannot be as aesthetically pleasing, but if they can make me giggle, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, this is such a cute man. And I'm like, I've never heard a man ever Say that, or ever even lean into that, or even try it on for size, and it's like so. Then it leads me to believe like men don't have icks because they will sleep with anything. No, Is that true Ix. or false? Like no, what? it's it's false. Men
2: right. absolutely have icks. I mean, one of my guy friends was just talking about. And he goes, Talia, I don't know where she went before our date, but her hair when I gave her hug smelled like cigarette smoke, and I immediately got the yeah. ick, and I was like, oh, so guys have icks? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. There are things that are big turnoffs for them. What I mean,
0: are, me and my <laughs> friends have talked about this a lot Oh, wait, too. the nails
2: thing. Wait, Sean, can you justify, is this true? Because a lot of my clients have said this, this is like a big ick for them. Girls who aren't well-kept. Like nails that are halfway done or like just aren't well-kept.
0: Yeah, you want somebody that's kept up.
2: Okay, <laughs> so it's an ick. If yeah, her- it be an
0: ick, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how, on un- yeah somebody who's put together for sure. Okay. But I'm also one who doesn't like too much put togetherness. Like I think, you know, and I always tell us to Dre, I'm like, I think you're so much more attractive without makeup. And I'm not just saying that either. I just think that a lot of women feel like under the society's pressure have to wear makeup all the time. And it's like, no, I'd rather you just be yourself. If you go to the gym caked up with makeup, maybe it makes you feel better, but I don't want you to think that that's something that guys want.
2: That's so true, by the way. I've found so many guys now are starting to say they don't, even during like my consultation process with my clients, they'll say, if she has a ton of fillers, forget it. I'm not interested in it. Yeah, And I'm like, okay. He's like, I want someone natural. And I'm like, okay. He's like, think about it. I have to bring her home to my parents. We're in a different generation where fillers weren't a thing. And so I think that's, It's so strange to me how everyone gets all these fillers in their lips and everything. And guys, according to statistics, there was a study about how your lips are the fifth thing that a guy will notice.
0: Yeah, I think it's changed. (laughs) I think that's changed over the years, though, because I never used to notice lips, but now I always notice lips. (laughs) Because it's like such a big thing.
2: Because Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Maybe
0: because the lips are so big nowadays.
2: It's because they have the duck lips now. So now you see it yeah
0: Yeah. damn kardashians mm. yeah so yeah, yeah. guys have X, and i talked to uh, you know my buddies and if we were dating a girl and getting really close to them we'd find like one thing and be like nope we're done like i don't know if it was a commitment thing or find one little thing and talk ourselves out of it wow that sounds you know? like
2: maybe something else
0: <laughs> I think so, yeah, but I talked to multiple of my best friends, the same thing, and we'll laugh about it. It'll be like, yeah, I was crushed on this girl so hard, and then finally, you know, went on a date, and then she said this, or I noticed this, and I was like, nope, can't do it.
2: Mm, that's an ick. I know you don't like icks, but that's yeah. an ick. Yeah. hmm Yeah. For sure. Should we talk Weird. about first date do's
1: and don'ts?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
2: Don't order milk.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, What? <laughs> Oh, sorry. That's just a reference. I got like roasted because – no, not roasted. Like half the people were on my team and the other half were like, you're so picky. Obviously, you're going to stay single forever. But I went on a first date and a grown man ordered a glass of milk at a coffee shop that he invited me to. And it was like jarring. (laughs) I mean, but there were obviously other things that were not going well as well. It wasn't just the milk, but the milk was the cherry on top for sure.
2: Okay. Okay. Because I feel like if he had everything else and you were really attracted to him, you maybe have thought it was endearing. So it just No, I don't on. know if
1: it would have been endearing, but I would have Absolutely. looked past it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think if
0: she was, again, getting to the physical thing, if she was like very sexually attracted to him, I don't think she would have cared about the milk.
1: I think so too. I don't
0: know. Really. I, don't I mean, maybe. Have... Who am
1: I to say? I have no idea. I was <laughs> just fighting for my life out there and I made it through and now I have a funny story to tell, but.
0: Yeah. Mm. First dates,
2: do's and don'ts.
1: First date, do's. Okay. So the first thing, this is the do's. You
2: always want to be punctual. Showing respect for time. I think that's one of the biggest ics guys have is girls being like 20, 30 minutes late. Like not having any respect for someone's time. Yeah. Punctuality is huge. It goes such a long way. Right. Do show up as your best self. Like show up, be in a good mood and tell yourself, you know what? At the very least, I'm going to try to make a friend. I'm going to hear someone's story and Mm -hmm. hear if there's – and maybe there's a romantic chemistry. Maybe there's not. So I think showing up as your best self is a huge do. Another thing is putting your phone away. Yeah. So important because you want to be present. You Mm -hmm. want to make sure that you're not missing any piece of the conversation that was important. And then as far as don'ts, I love this one. Best thing ever, only have one to two drinks max on a first date. Yeah. You would be surprised how many people over consume alcohol on a first date and then Overshare. Because
0: they're so nervous.
2: Because they're so nervous Mm -hmm. and they're drinking too much. And then they're drunk and they're oversharing Mm -hmm. really sensitive information that with no context, just remember you're a stranger, like it's a first date. You might think this person's a crazy person. But if you had known them for five years, you would think it's endearing, right? So not over drinking on a first date's huge. Yeah. And then another don't I would say is don't ever talk about your ex on a first date. Mm -hmm. Ever. Yeah. Because At the end of the day, that's not romantic. So, you're definitely not going to connect over that. Yeah. And quite frankly, it doesn't really tell you anything about that person. Right. So, I would never share anything about an ex on a first date. That's like date four. Date four, let's cover
1: history. I think those are all great things. Uh, Lucky for me, I have, I check all of those boxes. I'm always on time. Mm. I'm pretty sure I put my best foot forward. Like, I don't show up after the gym. I'm definitely a big put your phone away person because I feel like what's so important. I mean, yes, obviously there's going to be extenuating circumstances if there's an emergency, but like just if you can't take an hour of your night to focus and talk to me, then it's just like, what are we doing here? Um, I have one old fashioned on a drink, on a drink, on a date. That's it. One. Um, If we move to another place, it's going well, yeah, would you, you like start. to but I still feel like that's not a first date. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess it is different for each person. You but can tell.
0: I mean, yeah, when you're vibing with somebody, yeah. They're like, you would you like to night? go to the yeah. rooftop?
1: And you're like, sure, yeah. then I'll have another drink. But yeah. if I'm in one location, it's one only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am a lot already. I don't need alcohol <laughs> already like, right. to add to that. Um, and I also just feel like it is a um it's a crutch yeah, it's a crutch, but it, mm-hmm. the experience that I'm trying to have, like I'm taking it seriously, and I would hope that the person that I'm there with is as well. Like it, yes, it doesn't have to yeah. be so formal, but
2: and it's also does it pass the canoe test? So the canoe test is when you think about being stuck on a canoe in the middle of nowhere and your cell phones aren't working and you're stuck out there for six hours straight. And you don't know it's only six hours, but that's how long you're with this person. Can we just laugh and have a good time? Can we enjoy each other's company completely sober, having no phones? Can we just vibe? Is the energy there? And when you add alcohol to it, you have to ask yourself, well, is this person funny because they're drunk? Or right. is this person actually funny? We actually have real authentic chemistry. Yeah. So does it pass a canoe test? Well, what better way to find out than have a sober date?
0: That canoe test, That's that's mm-hmm. good. Because I was thinking the opposite as far as... First dates where you should and shouldn't go, like I am a believer that it shouldn't be a dinner where you're stuck at a table with them mm-hmm. for a few hours. I feel like first dates are best where you can go out and maybe on a hike or something active where instead of just like sitting there for an extended period of time, right? Where I feel like it's so forced. Yeah, I would rather do something a little more casual, I think. Okay. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I think it depends on the person. I think with my matchmaking clients, it's different because I've already vetted and I already know that he's her type and Mm. she's his type. Yeah, So it's so vetted that I think a dinner date is appropriate because it already has, it's already teed up for success. So I think a dinner date for that situation. But if I was to say like a hinge date and you've never, you know what, this brings up another topic. If you're a listener on here and you are dating online, you should always have a screen call You'd be surprised what you can learn about someone if you just talk to, talk to them on the phone for 10 minutes. Yeah. And that will save you a bad date experience. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would always FaceTime before we're going on any dates. Like if we're texting or we meet online and then you are texting, then it's like, all right, phone call. And then it's like FaceTime.
2: For
1: sure.
0: Before I go in person.
1: I've actually never done that. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, screen what are you
1: you want no, to vet these have, people. Well, so you
0: just text them and you're like, all right, I'll meet you here.
1: No, no, no. I mean, I've, I've had calls. I've never FaceTimed. I feel like there's a difference between a phone call and a FaceTime. Mm. I mean, a Facetime's like way more intimate, I Maybe think. Maybe it's
0: because, yeah, I'd be talking to girls out like outside of Nashville or different parts okay, of the Okay, that's fair.
1: So then I feel like that is kind of like a, a first date. A FaceTime, I feel like, is closer to a date than a screen call. Maybe I'm crazy. It's but No, I think
2: a screen call is good. FaceTime is... That next level.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that is a next mm-hmm. level. That mm-hmm. to me, like, I don't know, when people were meeting people during the pandemic, they were literally just dating through screens. Yeah. And it still felt intimate enough that some people are still together. Um, but it kind of leads me into another question of what your advice or what you think would be applicable to um, say you are on a dating app, and there's like, I'm not saying that there's an exact number of times or texts or days. But how quickly should that move off the app and into real life if you're feeling it?
2: Okay. So how quickly does it move off and how quickly it moves off are two different things. Okay. So ideally you match, you have a conversation for, I don't know, two days, a day. It should move off. If it's going well, it should move off within those two days. I think when it lingers and it becomes a week, that's when things just kind of fall off.
1: Right. And then, so so We're, we're we're off the app now. Okay. Now we're texting. uh, He does have my phone number. We've had a screen call or whatever. I don't know, like, how do I want to ask this? Hold on. Let me think about this. I don't want to sound like a bitch. (laughs) Um,
0: Are we talking about playing games? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of like, I guess it's just one of those things that I'm not interested in a pen pal, and I'm also not interested in any more guy friends. This is me personally. I'm not speaking for anybody else, but- say that I was being, you were coaching me. I struggle with like to revert back. You said like we open the door. I open the handkerchief. I'm great at being like making the move off the app into real life. I'd love to grab a drink. I'd love to do whatever or, and kind of like initiating that. What is the appropriate amount of time? I'm like, to, to judge if this guy is into it. Because I've had situations where it's like, it's going so well on the app and then we move into real life and it's like, I'd love to do this. And also in my own personal experience, I have a very weird work schedule where I do not live in Nashville on the weekends, which presents a whole nother multitude of problems. But it's like, hey, I'm free on Tuesday. What is the appropriate amount of time of like if I'm wasting my time what the fuck am I trying to say like how long do you wait if he's not responding or all of a sudden it's not so much interesting it's like I don't want to be too hard. if he harsh. wanted to well, he would exactly and d- so don't, you don't, want even, to, no, don't no, even say no, exactly you even, <laughs> because he's winking at me because he's being a bitch because I brought that up before and he said that's not true I mean no because but
2: <sighs> here's the thing you want to match his energy you want to match his energy if he is pulling back you pull back Because that means there's less interest. So if he's not taking the initiative to ask you out on a date and to plan it, he's not your guy. And remember, you told me you want a masculine man. A masculine man will step it up and get you in person
1: right away. I just struggle with... uh, I don't even know what I struggle with, but it's like I second-guess myself I'm like, don't be too harsh. Don't cut him off. You know what I mean? Like Mm. Because... You're innately, trying to get answers
0: fast. No, but you like innately I'm like, this
1: guy's not into me. Like, why am I wasting my time? But then I'm like, oh, don't be a bitch, Sammy. Give him a chance. Maybe he was busy at work. I don't know. Like trying yeah. to almost second guess myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, am I even making sense? I know this question is so like, but. You don't
0: want your time wasted, but you don't want to miss on something. Right. Where I don't he want might to miss not, an
1: opportunity because I was being too because impatient. Because he might not,
0: or he might be interested, but he's just not getting back to you. Right. Fast.
1: Yeah. Or, or just like, Maybe I'm well, how over. Fa-
2: how fast are we talking? Yeah, we are we talk talking him? like he's not getting back to you within a day or two hours? What?
1: No, I how- mean two hours. No, Jesus, I don't have my phone with me for two hours at a time. I'm saying like, it, I just think like the pattern of behavior. Like on the app, it was w- really consistent, and then we moved into real life, and it's not as consistent. Is that then a sign? He's out. Move on.
2: Yes, okay. he's out. Absolutely. If he is interested in you, I've there's been so many of my close girlfriends that have met their guys on Hinge. And what I have found is that if it's the right person, it's gonna be effortless. And he's gonna just put, you know, put you on his calendar, tell you the time and day, and you guys are gonna meet. It's not if it's that complicated and it causes you that much stress and anxiety, it's not your guy. Period.
1: I don't know that he's causing me stress and anxiety. I'm causing my stress and anxiety because I'm like, oh, don't be mean. Like, don't overthink it and I'm already overthinking it.
2: You just need a guy who's going to just grab the microphone. And I lead. want the Kool-Aid man to bust through the store. Hello, like, let's yeah. go. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, you know what? You're manifesting it right now. You're speaking it into existence. Oh my god, There's I hope he doesn't look like a right cool Next time in I see
0: you, you're gonna be taken. Right now, waiting for you.
1: Okay, first of all, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a knife? Should I be concerned? Do you think that it's appropriate? Are, yeah, well,
0: to that <laughs> oh, point, geez. what do you mm. find as creepy now? Where I think if there is a guy who's confident and he comes up to you in the grocery store and some girl's like, oh my God. A guy came up to me, or a guy calls my phone instead of texting me.
2: No, I think it's all in their it vibe. It depends on if gut. you're attracted to him. Yeah,
0: I know. Because yeah, exactly. So think about line it. Like, if,
2: if you're attracted to a guy and he's yeah. really good looking, you're at Whole Foods and he comes up to you, you're going to be like, yes. Yeah. Immediate yes. Which right? Way to but the if the it's squash. some creepy old guy that you're not into, then it comes off creepy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the bottom line for everything. It's the bottom line. If Is you're attracted attraction? to them, yeah. Cool. If not, then yeah.
2: And it passes.
0: Yeah. Then. Like if that guy that I don't ordered know if I feel any better or
1: worse after this conversation. <laughs> I am having uh, an emotional inventory right now, and I'm like, no, I don't know. What
0: are know the what? best dating
2: apps? The best dating apps is Henge. and can I just say, you will meet your person. I feel that for you. As read the book, you're gonna go, you're gonna do all the tips on the feminine soft girl era, and you're going to start attracting the kind of guy that you want. Because remember. He's attracted to your feminine side. So the second you turn that on, uh, you're going to call me, and you're going to say I've got all these guys chasing me now. <laughs> oh my god. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, I believe yes. it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I'm going to manifest it. I believe it. What was I supposed to say before? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: What was what Nashville's was I
0: Nashville's got the best oh, guys. Oh yeah, Nashville ever.
1: has the best guys. Guys. Yeah, yes. Nashville has Na- the yes. best guys. Yes. Go team. Okay. Got it. Got it. Nashville has the best guys.
0: Dating apps <sighs> huge dating now apps. obviously i feel like i've been to so many weddings from people who met on dating apps you said hinge is the best
2: i think hinge is the best yeah i do i think if you're based in la hula's really great it's really really great a lot of couples yeah. i met on hula okay um are started actually hula's now in new york have you heard of it never has it hit nashville yet okay no. kind of becoming the new bumble so okay, we love Hula. hula. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what do you recommend to ladies listening who are on Hinge or Hula? Mm. And uh-huh. like, what's a message you would send to a guy?
2: First thing I would do is I would look at your profile and I would say to myself, does this represent me? If you are an athlete, you are a sporty girl, does, do you have that on there? You just you don't want to have these like hoey pics to just attract guys. You want mm-hmm. it to really be your billboard. You know, if you're a family guy, go- if you like family and you like your sister's kid, you know, you want to have those pictures on there so that this billboard represents you. And that way it attracts your ideal guy. Like you're really into fitness, right? Yeah. So ideally, if you were on there and you were single and you saw someone else who's doing CrossFit or is doing tennis or something like that you'd be like, oh, wait, she's also into fitness. That's something that we both have in common. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to attract a guy that has similar values, make sure that you put that out there on your dating app.
0: Yeah. So when you say like, don't just put a bunch of hoey pics on there, then you're just going to attract the guys that just want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to hook up. That's right. Yeah. No hoey pics. No hoey pics.
1: I was just actually thinking like, I don't even know that I have hoey pics. (laughs) Like (laughs) my camera roll is very unhoey.
2: Or like if you have a dog and because I have clients that either have a dog or do not have pets because of travel schedule and they can't allow that. So if you have a dog and you're a big dog lover, and that's so important to you, have your golden retriever as one of your five picks because then that also vets out the people that are either allergic to dogs or that hate dogs. Mm -hmm. You want that. Mm -hmm. Good
0: point. (sighs) So then what would you say? So you match, I don't even know how it works. I've never been on Bumble or Hinge. You swipe, is it just like Tinder? Mm Mm-hmm right? And then you somebody has to initiate the conversation?
2: Bumble is women has to initiate. Hinge, it's I
1: think it's whoever.
0: What? <laughs> Why yeah. are you laughing?
1: Because <laughs> you just called yourself out without even knowing it. You're like, well, I've never been on Bumble or Hinge, but is it like Tinder? I
0: mean, that was the last dating app I've been on 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, was sure. that was the first one. That was
1: the first one.
0: And the last time I went on a Tinder date, uh, we went out to get drinks at Bar Louis, and she Overdrank and started freaking out about jesus and ran out of the bar <laughs> so it was it was wild that the, is wild yeah but th- so wow. i'm assuming it's the same thing though you match and then mm-hmm. somebody's got to send the message do you wait or you're just like nope i'm gonna send a message
2: no i think i think it's nice when guys make the first move unless you're on bumble then girls have to say something what is
0: that old-fashioned like you're saying you're waiting for the guy
2: I think that on Hinge, it's really nice when a guy makes the first move and he picks something on the profile. So, if I have yeah. a golden retriever and he yeah. sees that, yeah. and then he says, What's your golden retriever's name? How old is he? or yeah. something like that.
0: Something normal.
2: It's something normal. And it yeah. also says you actually looked at the profile, you went all the way down to the sixth picture. And so, but also on the other side, you know what? Bumble was created so that girls can make the first move. And for all the single ladies, if you do use Bumble, Say something more than hi, yeah. because you want to stand out. There's a hundred other girls sending the same message. So if you see that he loves tacos, because he has a picture with him eating tacos, be like, "Do you like guacamole?" You know, say something different.
0: Yeah, be I ma- make know yourself a stand out. Oh, so You can grab his attention there. Yeah, She's
1: all buttoned up and prim and proper, and we are not. Boo. <laughs> yeah, we no. Weird.
0: I I agree with that, but also, yeah, I think. Pickup lines are so cheesy, I right? think it
1: depends. But
0: like she's saying, though, if you can like find something that relates to them, showing that you looked at their page, showing interest, but I'm not going to be like, are you a pickup line girl, Samcat?
1: I <laughs> couldn't answer that question clearly because- It really depends on the person. It depends on the vibe. It depends on the environment. Because I do think that there are pickup lines that are like just cheesy enough that they're funny with the correct delivery and comedic timing and situation. And then there's ones that are like, oh, God, does that work? So it's just it depends.
0: And you know what? It works if you're attracted to them.
1: There you go. Because if you're that attracted to them. (laughs) It
0: works. They can see. Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. people
1: who don't look like their photos? That's like the other thing that I don't understand about That's online why you dating. FaceTime them. I That's right. know, but I'm just talking about like on an app. I struggle with the app because I'm a big like. I mean, I know he was saying you're an energy girl. Like I'm an energy girl. The way someone carries himself when they like walk into the bar is going to tell me much more about them than like. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes or no? It's like, Jesus, someone (laughs) tranquilize me. Like that could be a funny topic of conversation if they had the right energy. And I just don't know that that is conveyed for me online. I really struggle with that. I'm more of like a, I'd like to just meet you in person, gal.
2: Mm. We need to get you out there. (laughs) You need to go to a steakhouse because you want a masculine man. You need to just sit at the bar, have yourself a steak, talk to the bartender, and just let him come to you, but also do the eye trick. I guys. do. Uh, I have. Okay. I it's do. just a matter of time. You know what? Maybe your man no, is no just just taken. Be patient. Just yes. got to be patient. have to be patient. Catch me at a steakhouse.
0: Do One you thing. give your matchmaking clients like uh, five people to choose from? Are you like, hey, here's this person, this person, and this person? And I you do wanna, not. Nah, you know. You're just like, boom, you guys are.
2: Yes. Yeah. And it's one at a time. Yeah, because I think if you have too many cooks in the kitchen, things get a little bit complicated. The right. ingredients go in the wrong way.
1: Not good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how does that work then? If you give them one and then say they chat, they go on a date and they come back and they're like, "That was not it." Are you like, oh, "Okay"? Is that then when your service ends, or is it like, "All right, let's try another you make one"? More adjustments. No, no, no. We
2: make adjustments. So yeah. we, I listen to the feedback and I'm like, "Okay, so you like this about her, not so much this about her." Okay, great. Let me get back to you in a week and then we'll have someone
1: else that's
2: better. Criteria.
1: So is it up to the gentleman then to tell the girl that eh, I'm not really feeling it or do you do that? It
2: depends. Sometimes I have to be the bad news bearer. What?
1: <laughs> but they can't even tell them themselves?
2: Most of them do, but I always give them the option. I'm like, look, you have a broker. It's like a real estate agent. You know, if the buyer's not interested then your real estate agent goes to the other one, the seller's agent and says, well, she's just not quite interested. She <sighs> wanted the marble top. So it just depends. You know, it's kind of nice to have a broker. Wow. Mm
1: -hmm. No. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I give you so much props. No, that's incredible that you do that, but fuck those guys respectfully. (laughs) You can't even tell me that you're not into me? Come on. Listen, most of them, I would say 90% (laughs) of my
2: clients absolutely will take the initiative and just say, hey, I see this moving more in a friend direction. Okay, perfect. Okay, great. There is a one-off that I have to do it, and it is what it is. It's
0: business, no, I mean, baby.
1: It's you, business, honey. Nice that business. is great. You are a woman. I love that. Yeah. But those guys are-
0: What are you doing in Nashville? Are you matchmaking right now?
2: I am not matchmaking right now. Okay. I'm on a book press right. <laughs> trying to get this book to get in the right hands so that we can help as many single females in Nashville as possible. How
0: long did it take you to write this book?
2: Ooh. So initially, I wrote the whole thing in 10 days. <sighs> and then I went back and said, no. This isn't good enough for my single girls. So I went back and I added a ton to it. And Mm. now I'm finally super happy with it. Okay. So maybe a total of three months.
0: That's pretty quick.
2: It's pretty quick, but Deepak Chopra wrote a book in 24 hours. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, she wrote it in 24 hours or in (laughs) the three months, but she's been collecting data as being a woman herself and then also in the industry for 10 years. So Mm -hmm. it really took her 10 years to write it. Yeah. So true. I yeah. could have never come up with this book five years ago because I didn't have enough data. Yeah.
2: And so much has changed.
0: Did you love the process of it? Would you want to write another one?
2: I'm writing five more.
0: Five more. Five?
2: Yes. I, you know what I realized in this process that I am such a creative and I didn't know. And I really have a way of expressing myself through writing. And so, and you'll love the book because you'll hear my voice in it. And I think that there's a lot of different... There's the relationship book for the couples that are struggling. There's also for the gays. There's also for the single guys and for the single girls. So I think there needs to be a lot of books. Totally. Yeah, because
0: I was going to ask you, are you going to do one for the guys? You got to.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I will have a book for the guys. Mm -hmm. By the way, that hasn't come out yet, so... Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first.
2: Heard it here first. I love that. So
0: this tour then, you just go do some press...
2: We're doing New York, yeah. LA, obviously here in Nashville, yeah. Atlanta, and
1: Miami.
0: Okay. That's exciting.
1: It's so exciting.
0: That's exciting. Samcat's gonna get a copy.
1: I will. I'm a big reader as well, so I will add it to my to be read list. And who it's knows? <laughs> Maybe I will be in one of your books as a success story after you get <laughs> on this podcast. But
0: Yeah. We're gonna I try. Know. But until then, thank you for joining us. And everybody, check out her new book, How to Attract the, the right, right Guy. Guys. Not the Wrong Guy. On Valentine's Day, coming up soon. That's crazy. This year's flying. But thank you so much, Talia. We appreciate it. And we'll keep you posted with Samcat.
1: Yes. Thank you for coming in. And thanks for all the advice. And Thanks congratulations. For the
0: therapy, everything.
1: It wasn't therapy booth. It was a conversation. Team on three. Jesus. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: thank you. <laughs>